Listen to this story. There was a little boy who was very afraid of the dark. One night, his mother told him to go out to the back porch and bring her the broom. The little boy said, Mommy, I don't want to go out there. It's, it's dark. His mother smiled reassuringly and said, You don't have to be afraid of the dark. Jesus is out there. He'll look after you and protect you. The boy looked at his mother real hard and asked, Are, are you sure he's out there? Yes, I'm sure. Jesus is everywhere, and he's always ready to help you when you need him. The boy thought about that for a minute, then went to the back door and cracked it open. Peering out into the darkness, he called, Hey, Jesus, if you're really out there, would you please hand me that broom? <laughs> today we're continuing our series called Getting to Know God. And today we're going to consider this aspect of God's nature, his presence, the fact that God is everywhere. But before we jump into that, I wanted to just back up for a minute and ask this question. Why should we want to know God? How does that really benefit us? And last week, as we began this series, we talked about three benefits of knowing God. And the first was this, purpose. God made us to know him. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And we know this. The Bible makes it clear. God knows every single thing about you. The good, the bad, the ugly. He knows everything about you. But here's the deal. It's not a one-way street. God wants you to know about him. He wants you to know what he's thinking and what he's feeling. That is your purpose in life. So one of the benefits of knowing God is having a clear purpose. The second is this. It helps us overcome our anxiety and experience God's peace. And we talked about this last week, that the better you know God, the more you will trust him. And the more you trust God, the less anxiety you'll have because you'll really believe that your life is in his hands. And then the third benefit of knowing God was power. And it follows that same line of reasoning. The more you know God, the better you know him, the more you're going to trust him. And another word for trust is faith. And Jesus clearly taught that faith connects us to the power of God. And so as we go through this series, I want you to keep that in mind, these benefits of knowing God. It gives us purpose. It gives us peace. It helps us connect to God's power. Now today we're going to talk about God's presence and what it means for us. So take a look at this first statement on your outline. It says this, the fact that God is everywhere is referred to as God's omnipresence. The fact that God is everywhere is referred to as God's omnipresence. Did you ever think about this, that God never has to get up and go anyplace because he's already there? Isn't that amazing? Now, the Bible makes it clear that God is everywhere present in his creation. Look at these verses from Psalm 139. The psalmist asks this question, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. The fact is that God is everywhere. But don't confuse this with a philosophy called pantheism that says that God is everything. It's the idea that God is a rock and God is a tree and God is the sky and God is the earth. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that God is separate and distinct from his creation and yet present everywhere in his creation. And we see that idea here in the book of Jeremiah. It says, who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. And here's something else I want you to see about God's presence, and this is on your outline as well. The presence of God with his people 
is at the heart of the story of redemption in the Bible. There is this incredible story that God has given us in his book. And when you think about it, it begins with God being present with the first two people he made. And who are those two people? Adam and Eve. And we know that for a certain period of time that God was, was fully present with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But there was a day when they decided to disobey God and that shattered their relationship. Now sin separates God from the people that he dearly loves. And the big question as you walk through the story in the Old Testament is this, how can a God who is holy possibly be present with people who are not? And that's what the sacrificial system in the Old Testament is all about. In order to appease God's wrath against sin, animals are sacrificed. And this points to a day when somebody is coming to be the, the final sacrifice. And who is that? Yeah, Jesus. Jesus lives a perfect life. He offers his life in exchange for ours. And if you fast forward to the end of the story, if you go all the way to the book of Revelation, it's almost like everything goes full circle because it talks about a new heaven and a new earth. And now God is fully present again with his people. Nothing separates us. So what does that mean for us today? Because we're not home yet. What does it mean in this broken, fallen world? Simply this, that when Jesus went back home to heaven, the Holy Spirit came to live in those who follow him. And so this morning, if you're a Christian, God's Spirit lives in you. God is present with you. And what I want to do this morning is talk about, well, what does that mean? How does that benefit us as we go through our days? And if you're not a believer this morning, you've never made that decision to trust Jesus, I hope this will help you just to see the benefits of having God present in your life. So let's take this, this journey together, and you can see the question there and the answer. God's presence gives us comfort when we are lonely. God's presence gives us comfort when we are lonely. Look at this verse from Psalm 34. It says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And this verse from Psalm 25, turn to me, Lord, and be merciful to me because I am what? I'm lonely. I was thinking this week, there are all kinds of loneliness that we experience. Isn't that true? Maybe you'll relate to some of these things, the, the idea that you can be lonely because you have a really good friend and you've been friend for years and they have the audacity to move away. And you just feel lonely. You miss them. It happens a lot here in our church family. People move to another part of the country. Or how about this? Sometimes people go through the painful loneliness of divorce or are losing somebody that you love. Somebody in your family, a friend, dies and there's this hole in your heart. Or sometimes it's this. For those of you who travel a lot, you're on a business trip and man, you wish you were home and there's this homesickness, there's this loneliness that you experience. Or, or sometimes as you get older, you begin to feel more and more alone because there are fewer and fewer people in your life. Or how about this? This is kind of a paradox. Um, we probably all heard this statement. It's lonely at the top. Wow, so success can lead to loneliness? Or how about this? Have you ever been in a crowd of people, maybe at a, a sporting event or maybe in the mall, and you just felt lonely, even though there were people all around you? There are all kinds of expressions of loneliness, but what we need to realize is this. God never meant for us to go through life alone. Look at these verses that Jesus spoke to his disciples. He said this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you for how long? Forever. 
And who is that? The Spirit of truth, God's Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. When life is hard, knowing that God is present with us can give us this incredible comfort. And this comfort that God gives us is intended to be shared with other people. Look at this next verse. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, and here's the reason, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Now here's another, another benefit of God's presence, and this is on your outline as well. God's presence gives us courage when we're afraid. God's presence gives us courage when we're afraid. I want to share a story with you. It's written by Pastor John Ortberg. This is one of my favorite stories that he's written, and it goes like this. One day, I was walking with a few friends in Newport Beach, California. We went past a bar where a fight that was going on inside spilled out onto the street, sort of like a scene out of an old western. Three men were beating up one lone opponent, and he was bleeding quite profusely. We had to do something, so we went over to break it up to warn the aggressors in no uncertain terms that this fight was over. Unfortunately, I've not had much experience in that sort of thing. I missed the day in my seminary class that we talked about how to break up a barroom brawl. We had um, spent a little too much time in church to have effective language for that kind of intervention right at our fingertips. All right, you guys, cut that out right now. I'm serious. Works pretty well on three-year-olds in church who uh, know you have access to their parents. But with seasoned gladiators who are running on sizable quantities of whiskey and testosterone, it's just not very effective. Breaking up drunken brawls is not a strong area of spiritual passion or competence for me. But somebody had to do something. We spoke to them, and then I waited for my first fist fight since I had been part of a church deacon board. However, the thugs suddenly looked up at us with fear in their eyes and started to slink away. This caught me so much by surprise, I almost stopped to ask them why they were running away. Then I looked behind me. I saw one of the biggest guys I have ever seen. He was apparently employed as a bouncer at the barroom. And suddenly, I gained a great deal of respect for that profession. I would guess the man stood about six foot seven, weighed 250 pounds or so with perhaps 2% body fat. If Hercules had married Xena, the warrior princess, this would have been their child. We called him Mongo. Not to his face, of course. Mongo didn't say a word. He just stood there with his muscles bulging. He looked as if he hoped they would try to take him on. This was an area of breathtaking competence for him. Breaking up fights might have been his spiritual gift. In that moment, my attitude was transformed. You'd better not let us catch you hanging around here again. We were different people because we had a great big mongo. I was ready to confront with resolve and firmness. I was filled with boldness and confidence. I was released from anxiety and fear. I was ready to serve somebody who needed my help. Why? Because mongo had passed by and I was convinced that I was not alone. The middle of a barroom brawl was a perfectly safe place for me to be. Now, if I were convinced that Mongo were with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I would have a fundamentally different approach to life. Of course, he's not. 
I can't go around with Manga beside me all the time, and it's probably a good thing because I don't need him. I have one who is greater than Manga with me all the time. Friends, isn't it true that when you go through difficult experiences in life, it makes all the difference in the world to know that there is someone with you who is big enough and strong enough to handle whatever you're facing. And I was thinking about how the presence of God gives us courage, the courage to face our fears. And often, one of the things that we're most fearful and most anxious about is the future. How are things going to work out for me? How are things going to work out for those that I love? And, and it's just incredible how God has given us places in Scripture that encourage us by reminding us that He is with us. Take a look at these verses. This is what God said to the nation of Israel as they prepared to face a very uncertain future. They had to enter a promised land, and they had no idea how that was going to work out. He said this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, the people who live in that land. For, here's the reason, the Lord your God goes with you. And what an incredible promise. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And then, this is another beautiful verse. This was written by King David of Psalm 23. He says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which is a very lonely and a very scary place to be, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, symbols of God's provision and God's protection as our shepherd, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's another benefit of God's presence, and this is on your outline as well. God's presence gives us strength when we are tempted. God's presence gives us strength when we're tempted. Now, here's a classic Bible verse about overcoming temptation. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it says this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, because we all are, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now, let me ask you this. When you know that, that other people are watching you, does that make it easier to do the right thing? Easier to resist temptation? I mean, think about this. If you're in a place and you're looking at your computer screen or a television screen and you know that other people can pass by, this could be in your own house. Maybe it's your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents. Does that make it easier not to watch things you know you shouldn't be watching. Well, think about this. If God is everywhere, then he is watching everything. And there's a verse in the book of Proverbs that says this, the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. Now, I know for me personally, when I'm at home alone or I'm you know, out of the country or in a hotel room, I have the opportunity to watch anything I want and nobody's going to know except God, because he's always present with me. And so this is what I often pray. I say, hey, hey, Jesus, what do you want to watch together right now? And that thought, that prayer, really helps me to resist temptation. And remember that verse that says that when you're tempted, God will give you a way out? Well, sometimes the way out is to change the channel. Sometimes the way out is to turn the computer off. Sometimes the way out is just to remember, hey, God is present with me. And whatever I'm watching, he's watching. So God's presence really does help us to resist temptation. Now, here's another benefit of knowing that God is always with us. 
God's presence gives us confidence as we carry out Christ's mission. God's presence gives us confidence as we carry out Christ's mission. This is what Jesus said to his disciples just before he went home to heaven. He called them together and he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, na in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And here's the promise. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, Jesus gave a mission to his followers, and the mission could be summarized in two words, make disciples. Let people know that if they decide to follow me, they can have a fundamentally different kind of life, a life where their past is settled, where their future is assured, where they can have the courage and the strength and the wisdom they need for every challenge they face today. And so that's what the disciples did. They told people everywhere the good news about Jesus. Now, did they face opposition and obstacles? Well, yeah, just read the book of Acts. I mean, there was opposition from friends, from family members, from coworkers, from the government. Is that true for us today? Is there any opposition as we try to complete the mission that Jesus has given us? Well, there is. And if you look at this globally, there is incredible opposition against Christians in our world. Christians are in prison. Christians are losing their lives because of their boldness in presenting the claims of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things that I think about is the fact that the people that followed Jesus were faithful. They told a story from one generation to the next. That's why we are believers today, because we heard the good news from somebody who faithfully told that good news to somebody else, and we have this privilege to continue that until Jesus comes home. So what was it that gave the disciples this incredible courage? What is it that gives people around the world today the courage to talk about Jesus at the risk of their very lives? And here's the answer. They know that Jesus is with them. You know, week after week, as you fill out those, those prayer cards, many of you ask me and others on our prayer team to pray for people in your family, people that you love, people that you care about, because you want them to make a decision to follow Jesus. And I want to encourage you to pray boldly and to do this, to ask God to give you an opportunity to talk about church, to talk about your faith, to talk about Jesus and how much he means to you, remembering this, that in that conversation, Jesus is right there. In fact, he's right here. And he will give you the courage and the confidence and the words you need to carry out that mission. Well, in the time we have left, I want to do this. I want to answer this question on your outline. How can we cultivate an awareness of God's presence? And let me, let me do this first. Let me just kind of back up a minute because one of the realities is that when life is really, really hard, God does not seem present. It seems like God is nowhere to be found. And I, know, I have some close friends that are kind of going through that right now. Their life is kind of upside down and and they've told me, you know, I pray and pray and it doesn't seem like God listens and I can't sense his presence. What's going on? Well, there's a very powerful passage in the book of Job. And, and many of you know the story of Job that he goes through this incredible period of suffering. Job loses all of his kids in one day. They're all killed. He loses his wealth. He loses his health. His life is falling apart. And God is nowhere to be found. In fact, this is what Job says 
in chapter 23. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Job feels totally alone and he cannot find God. But notice what, is, what he says in the next verse about God. He says, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. One of the ways that God tests our faith, one of the ways that God strengthens our faith is when we cannot feel his presence. Now, it's important to understand, you know, sometimes the reason that God feels distant is because of disobedience in our lives. We're doing things we shouldn't be doing, and we need to basically confess and restore that close relationship with God. There are other times where there's conflict going on, and we know that we should step into that conflict and deal with it, and we refuse to do that, and so God seems distant. But so often, so often, this feeling that God has abandoned us is actually a test of faith. And when that happens, and listen, if you're a Christian this morning, if it hasn't happened to you once or twice or many times, it will. And the question is, will you continue to love God? Will you continue to trust God and obey God when you have no emotional sense of his presence and no visible evidence that he's actually at work in your life? And this is really important to understand. When you become a Christian, when you're a baby Christian, God gives you all of this evidence that he's real. Sometimes he answers your prayers in very dramatic ways. Sometimes you just have this experience in worship. It's like God is right here. God's in the room. But what happens is as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, he weans you away from that emotional dependency. Let me ask you this. Is God present here right now in this room? What do you think? Well, the Bible says that he is, right? <clears throat> are there some Sundays when you feel more connected to the presence of God than other Sundays? I mean, I think that's true for all of us, right? There's an emotional response that we can have to the presence of God. Now, if I come to church and I just feel like, man, I'm just not connecting with God today. The music was okay, but I just didn't feel moved. Is God still here? No, yeah. I mean, God did not move away. God is present everywhere, but sometimes we just sense that God is distant from us. And the scripture is clear what God is doing. He wants our relationship with him not to just be based on emotion. He wants us to know that he is God. The Bible says that we should love God with all of our mind. And that's what's going on. God is developing our faith in him during those times when he seems distant. Because here's the reality. God's still here. And God is still with you. And God has promised that he will never ever leave you or forsake you. Now that being said, I think it is really important for us to develop our sensitivity to the presence of God. Because there are things that we can do that will make us more receptive to God's presence. And here's the first thing that we need to do. It was just on the screen a moment ago. Let me go back to it. Choose to become a follower of Christ. You've heard me present the bad news and the good news many times here in our church. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because he came to our world and lived a perfect life and died for us and rose from the dead, we have an opportunity to choose to follow him. To come to Jesus and say, look, I know that my sin separates me from God, but I believe you died for that sin. And I believe you can give me a new life. And so Jesus, I want to follow you. I believe that you are who you claim to be. When you make that choice, the Bible is so clear about this, that God's Holy Spirit 
lives in you. And now you have a personal connection with God. So if you want to experience the presence of God, that's the very first thing you have to do. Choose to follow Jesus Christ. Now here's another way to cultivate the awareness of God's presence. Listen for God's voice. Listen for God's voice. And here's the verse that we started the service with this morning. Be still and know that I am God. I really like that video because it starts out with all this noise and isn't that what life is like? There are so many things that distract us and so many things that take our time and our attention and God say, hey, I'm still here. So what do we have to do? We have to cut through the clutter. We have to get alone with God every single day and listen for his voice. Now here's another thing which makes perfect sense. We need to listen to God's voice and God speaks to us primarily in the scripture, but we need to talk back to God. In fact, we need to talk to God about how much? About everything. Look at this verse from Psalm 62. It says this. Well, this is actually from 1 Thessalonians. Pray continually. And then this verse from Psalm 62. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And church, I think this is so important, especially when God seems distant. Keep praying. Keep praying. Because listen, God can handle your questions, your doubt, your frustration, your anger. He's God. And think about this. When God seems a million miles away, but you continue to pray, isn't that an act of faith? Doesn't it say, hey God, I don't sense your presence, but I know that you're there because you said you are. And I believe that you hear my prayers, and I believe, God, that in your time and in your way, you are going to hear me and answer me. So keep talking to God and pour out your heart to him. And finally, here's the last thing. Develop an attitude of gratitude. Develop an attitude of gratitude. This is from 1 Thessalonians. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As I conclude the message this morning, I want to encourage you to do this. Whatever's going on in your life right now, just kind of set it aside for a moment. And I want to remind you about some things that we can be thankful for. Every single one of us, everybody who's a follower of Jesus Christ has three things to be thankful for. And listen, if you've never made that decision to trust Jesus, these are things you could be thankful for if you make that decision to follow him. The first is this, that you have nothing to prove to God. Do you realize that? Jesus has done everything necessary for you to have a right relationship with God. You do not have to prove how good you are because you could never be good enough. But there's one who was good in your place. That's Jesus. You have nothing to prove when it comes to God. Here's the second thing. You have nothing to hide. God knows everything about you. God has forgiven every sin. He has settled your past. You have nothing to prove. You have nothing to hide. And finally, here's another thing to be really thankful for. You have nothing to fear. Do you realize that? God loves you eternally. The Bible says that there is nothing in this world, there is nothing in this universe that can ever separate you from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Christian, lift up your head. Be thankful. That because of Jesus Christ, and we are going to celebrate his sacrifice today, because of Jesus Christ, you have nothing to prove, nothing to hide, and nothing to fear. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful that those words are true because they come right from your book. 
God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his incredible life. Lord, for his example, for his sacrifice, for his unfailing love. And God, I want to pray this. I know that sometimes during communion we have this strong sense of your presence. And Lord, if it's your will, I pray that that would happen today. But Lord, even if it doesn't, even if we don't have this emotional response to celebrating Jesus, you're still here, Lord. And help us to have the faith to really believe you when you say that. God, I pray that in your, in your wisdom, in your grace, that you would enable us, though, to really connect with your heart now. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.